This is a post-Christian podcast. Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Welcome to Revolution. Listen, I was going to ask some questions, but there's a little bit of a delay, so I'm going to go ahead and ask some things now. And... Um, and then talk about a few things, and then we can kind of move that way. Um, what is, what was I going to ask? So I, I think Easter uh, weekend is always interesting to me. I, I feel like I've always, well, most recently in my life, related more with, with uh, Good Friday um because I feel like I've 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 I feel more like I've relate to to uh Christ on the cross as far as feeling abandoned by God and I think a lot of us have been there and maybe a lot of us are feeling that right now um because I mean how much sense does theology make when we're all stuck at home <laughs> you know I mean I know it makes sense but you know we can't be together. We, you know, we're, we're community's tougher. I mean, thank goodness for being online and we've always been online and had an online community. So I'm grateful for that. You know, I've had some great discussions on, on Twitter, actually, of all places. Um, I had some fun ones yesterday with a couple folks, um, Diane Butler Bass and, and, and stuff. We were all laughing about, so maybe the conservatives were right. Uh, there's volcanoes. There was a red moon or a pink moon, super moon. Uh, there was a locust plague that happened somewhere, you know. And uh, so we kind of had fun with that, um, saying like, wow, everything that happened, you know, everything that I was told would happen when I was a kid has happened, and I still believe it's bad theology. Um, <laughs> maybe the Calvinists are right. Caleb? If that won't convince you, I don't know what will. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe I was just predestined not to believe the end times are here with all the signs. Um, so evangelical Calvinists have it. Um, I guess my question is, is, and I was thinking is like, I, I feel like a lot of the reality of what we're going through um, probably hits pretty, pretty hard on... Um, on Easter, because even a lot of us who don't usually go to church get invited to attend an Easter Sunday service, or you know, usually Revolution would always do um, you know communion on Easter Sunday because we don't do communion a whole lot, and we've done rainbow bread in the past, which got us in trouble, um, but good trouble as always. But I'm just curious um, is how some of you are handling the idea, you know, uh, is, is has Easter Sunday um, made this hit home a little bit more for you? Has the idea of Easter weekend being something where we're all kind of stuck at home and not with our families, you know, even, you know, I think people who don't go to church get together and have you would have dinner or something on Easter you know this morning I got up and uh with my kids and we went over to my ex's house and we did a a um Easter egg hunt 
and Easter basket hunt, and it was really cute, and the kids were so excited about it. Um, you know, and, and that was a lot of fun. But you know, it, we're all kind of isolated, and so I'm just curious: how are you folks handling the isolation on Easter weekend? And has it in any way kind of made you feel the gravity of our situation? So. Yeah, that's my question. Um, today we're going to be talking through Mark. And uh, I don't know. I feel like I've had a bit of a rough weekend. Um, not Mark. Is it Mark? It is Mark. Um, you know, I feel like this weekend's kind of hit me with a little bit of reality. I think yesterday I woke up a little bit feeling depressed and um, took the kids out to the park, and of course there had signs everywhere, so the kids couldn't play on the you know the jungle gyms and all that. And there was a little skate park in the park, and that was shut down. Of course, all the skateboarders were hopping the fence to do it anyway. <laughs> um, you know, I can't hate the skateboard game. Um, <laughs> it's a long tradition of hopping fences, so you know who am I to condemn them? As long as they kept six feet apart, I was fine. One guy was doing some sweet tricks with his mask on. so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just, you know, trying to get out of the house. I mean, I've been stuck in an apartment with toddlers, which is just, you know, can be a bit exhausting, trying to find things for them to do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, does the fact that maybe it doesn't feel like Easter or that we're all having to make these changes, has it, has it affected is it affecting you? And uh, what are you doing to, I don't know, is there any encouragement or discouragement out there? Let me check with my producer, Caleb, to see what questions are coming in. <laughs> <laughs> Got a, a couple here, just more comments, I guess, kind of responding so far. Good old uh, Ray JD checking in again. He says, uh, I usually have to get up and fight with myself. Whilst I wonder, should I go to a church because it's Easter Sunday? Didn't have to do that internal fight today. Well, there's a good one. Yeah. You know, not having to fight, decide if you want to go to church on Easter Sunday or not. <laughs> that was made up for you. And then uh, Mary says, as of Friday here in Michigan, you can't travel residence to residence. So even if only four people total, I can't travel to my cousin's house for our traditional Easter dinner. Probably best idea there, Mary, not to do that. Yep. No. Wow. Where, where is that? Uh, that's Michigan. So there's no even going to other people's houses in Michigan. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Cheryl is losing her mind, which she says is is the usual. Uh, I'm sorry, Cheryl. That's I get it. Yeah. Uh, Kate, who we talked to in uh, Meet Your Congregation last week, says it's been hard this weekend. It's really quiet. Yeah. Uh, and then Robert, last one here so far. Roberta says. I have to keep telling myself everything is canceled, no family get-together, et cetera, but life itself is not canceled. Yeah, that's true. Life's not canceled. I mean, I woke up this morning and went outside to see what the weather was like before I got the kids ready, and uh, I was just surprised how the streets were just empty. There's nobody there. Um you know, driving by the empty churches and stuff like that. Um, very surreal. Jay Murdoch, not you. Yeah, I know Jay Murdoch. Hey, Jay, Jay Murdoch, yep, says, uh, Dallas closed all parks to prevent gatherings, but it's beautiful outside, and I've been enjoying that. Uh, oh, we got some more rolling in here. David, we know David. 
Yeah. Says in Toronto, hey, we aren't allowed to visit other homes. My mom is on her own this year. It's brutal not being able to see her have the big family gathering. And then Selena, another friend of the of the church here, says, got up and wrote a sermon this morning for the first time in years. Isolation pushes me to reflect. Thank you for being here today, Revolution. Oh. That's cool. She's getting, getting introspective there. Yeah, introspective is a time. It's definitely this time. Um, which I figured I would have like the best Easter Sunday talk ever. As I've talked, I've communicated with a few other pastors, and they're all like, oh, I'm so busy working on my Easter sermon. And I don't ever like holidays where you have to preach a particular sermon. Um, I've always been a rebel against that. Um, but thought this would one would take care of itself as well. And to be honest with you, I just didn't really feel a lot of inspiration this week. I didn't really feel... I didn't feel much, you know? Um, such a strange time. Um, the loss of life is devastating. Seeing the graves, the mass graves being... Oh, God. ...being dug in New York is... Uh, Beyond devastating because I feel like if any place has ever been my home, New York was that. New York felt like home to me, and it is. It, it's uh, heartbreaking to see. Um, so here I am with another, another Easter Sunday, another Resurrection Sunday, where I don't, you know, I don't feel much like talking about resurrection. You know, it's funny getting text from some pastors today were like ah oh. or yesterday one was like sunday's coming you know and everybody's like resurrection you know and i'm like I, I i don't know i feel like we're all stuck in saturday you know i feel like what do they call saturday is there a holy saturday holy saturday i mean i feel like we're all kind of in that place right now that holy saturday place of just you know, I mean, obviously the disciples were all going back to their work. It didn't take them long to get their jobs back. Um, you know, I just feel like we're all kind of stuck in this this questioning spot in this area of kind of despair. You know, quiet despair. Uh, Black Saturday, uh, I saw someone call it. Um, so yeah, it's uh, that's where I feel like I am right now. But we do have, you know, the hope of resurrection. And uh, uh, Dan writes, Jay, you're totally allowed to not feel any inspiration this week. I feel that. I didn't it pass by me. But yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, we're all humans. We're all going through this together. And right now, maybe just coming to church is just us saying damn, this is getting hard. You know, I'm an introvert who likes to stay at home. But, you know, like, I like the options. I like to have options, and I don't have those options right now. Um, it's hard to watch people suffer. You know, one of the things I has been strange is I've been kind of communicating a little tiny bit with my dad. Um, and so I could say that's something that's been kind of nice to come out of that. You know, we both agreed that it was a travesty that folks were forced to vote in Wisconsin. And it was nice to have share the same political view, you know, and it's the little things sometimes it's just that thing of like, 
You know, he doesn't care if conservatives made the decision or Democrats made the decision. He just knew that it was a bad decision, you know, and it's nice to see that. You know, it's not – he wasn't towing some party line, you know, and, uh, you know, I think his isolation right now probably makes all of us look like we're social butterflies. He's really – if anybody's taking this super seriously, man, my dad has locked down, and it's been kind of impressive to watch, you know. You know, he's not like, oh, Jesus is going to come and – save us and take care of us and i'm going to go outside and i'm going to go have church you know he's like no you know this is we've got to be safe and uh you know it's nice to be able to agree with with my pops on some things and i think all of us might have the, these little situations and these little moments of just holding on to, to to small amounts of hope you know that we can get um yeah lots of stuff going on there um So I'm going to talk a little bit from Mark, the book of Mark. Did did you notice this this masterpiece behind me of uh, Caleb is – Caleb might be bored. I don't know. (laughs) Caleb might be looking for some extra things to do. Are are we big fans of Robin? (laughs) I think our new logo, the wings, will be a little bit smaller. So Caleb made some artwork, so I now feel like a newsman reporting reporting to you from Jerusalem. Um, so I told him we're going to have to make this a giant giant cloud, so it looks like a giant nuclear explosion coming out of Revolution. Um, so if you guys want to commission a piece, you know, reach out to Caleb online. <laughs> He'll be glad to you know do self portraits, the family. Um, <laughs> Especially anything with a letter would be seems to be very Scott down pat. Um, so, <laughs> sorry, we need. <laughs> I'm glad people can hear you, but uh, Pete Rollins. You know the end times are near when Pete Rollins watches Revolution, and he watched last week only because I used some of his stuff. I think. But he liked the idea of me and Caleb doing this and hearing Caleb in the background like we're a talk show. You know, <laughs> We need to get a couch when Caleb gets back on his – or just a couch. Caleb could lay on yeah, it. He doesn't have to get back on his feet to make the comments. Um, so let's just jump into this thing. I won't keep you too long because I know you all have uh, nothing to do. Chocolates to eat. Um. We're going to do a little Q&A or a little re- response afterwards. If you want to tell us what you're doing today, feel free to share that with us. We'd love to, you know, we're a community so we can talk about what we're doing on Easter because um, I'm not going to be too long with this. But we're going to jump over to Mark 16 if you're following along in your Bibles. Um, supposedly Bible sales have doubled during this time, but so have gun sales. And sex toy sales. So, interesting. Sorry for our underage people. Sorry, parents. Um, I spend way too much time online watching news. A lot of people I know are avoiding it. And I'm just like... Um, So, Mark 16... It says, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, 
and uh, Salo- Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. Talking about Jesus, you know, they anointed the would you know help keep the body smelling fresh. Um, and I love this because it, one, it shows that you know these women cared about Jesus so much and loved him so much, and um, and for them maybe it wasn't about you know it wasn't about the promise of resurrection. This was about not just a God, but about a human being who impacted their life and they had relationships and they loved and they were mourning. And I think it's important to uh, understand that, you know, um, I used to be the type of person that without a literal resurrection, I was done. I was going to go get a job somewhere else and just quit, you know? And, um, and I wonder, you know, to them, maybe the power wasn't in, the resurrection, but the power was in the words. You know, I think we always look at resurrection as the victory, but I always feel like the victory was Jesus saying, you know, you without sin cast the first stone or turn the other cheek or sitting down with his disciples and saying, I have a new commandment for you. I want you to love each other. I really want you to love each other. Now go learn the meaning of that. I mean, there's so many powerful things there. Or the fact that even Christ himself on the cross, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, feels abandoned by God, you know, and going through depression and going through self-doubt and going through times where I just have a lot of doubt and don't feel God in my life when I was especially going through my my divorce, sharing within that suffering and feeling that abandonment myself and knowing that I wasn't alone, that even Christ felt that very abandonment uh, gave me a lot of hope. And um, the last thing that, that supposedly Christ said on the cross was, you know, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And reminds us of what grace really is. You know, it's forgiveness with saying people do things out of ignorance. They don't know what they're doing. He's saying basically they're killing me and they don't know what they're doing. They're killing all these people and they still don't know what they're doing. And I think that's one way for us to realize that sometimes people do horrible things and don't grasp the gravity of the pain they're causing, don't grasp the actions that they're actually doing. And I think that's why when you look at people like Martin Luther King Jr. and folks like that who continuously said, people aren't my enemy, um, but their actions or their misinformation is. And um, that benefit of the doubt there is pretty amazing um, to me. You know, that, that idea of saying, given the correct relationship, friendship, communication, maybe we all can be better. You know, I've always found that that's a hope that I can hold on to. I, I'm not the most hopeful person in the world, but that is a hope I can get behind, is a hope that says, you know, Maybe these folks don't realize the horror that they're causing. But anyway, that's probably another sermon. I'll work on it. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? 
um, because they wanted to put spices on Christ's body. When they looked up, they saw that the stone had the, the stone which had which was very large had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white in white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, "I love angels, huh?" Mm-hmm. Which also angels can meet messenger as well. Just so you know, for those of you who don't like your your religion to sci-fi, um, our look. He, he said, uh, "Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who is crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look there, in the place they laid him. But go and tell his disciples and Peter." that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. And it ends with this. It says, And all they had been commanded to them, they told briefly to those around Peter, and afterwards Jesus himself sent out through them. From the east to the west, sacred and imperishable proclamation of eternal salvation. So 16, um, Mark 16, uh, has a longer ending that starts at 9. But originally, Mark 16 ends at verse 8. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to stick with uh, verse 8. I'm reading the New Revised Standard Version, by the way. I just see some people asking about translations. Um, and the reason I want to do that is because I think even that, that the shorter ending of Mark, which I'd read about him telling him to go out, but the, the original ending is, so they went out and fled from the tomb for terror and amazement had seized them and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now, that's a pretty weird way to end a gospel. Um, no wonder someone came in and said, you know what, we should probably spice this up a little bit. Um, but if you think about it, and some people say that maybe Mark actually intended to write a sequel, um, an, uh, a second part, but never got to. But I think the interesting thing about them just seeing that Jesus wasn't there and being told what to do and what to expect leaves us in a place that maybe uh, Holy Saturday or Black Saturday can we can all identify right now with we don't know what's going to happen. You know, there's horrors happening, like I said earlier, I mean, seeing the mass graves in New York City uh, is devastating. It's heart crushing um, and so right now what we might not need is a definitely Jesus walking around and, and doing miracles and going up into the air um, but maybe what we can share with is Mary, both Marys Mary Magdalene and, and Mary Jesus' mother is the hope of something to come the hope of the gospel the hope of the good news uh, the hope of a resurrection where we're all able to literally leave our homes and be in community again uh, to be a part of our communities 
and to be able to go buy groceries and put gas in our car and things like that without being afraid. Um, I think that's going to take a long time. But I think right now we're at a point where we're all living in the tension of hoping that there is an end to this. We've been told, you know, every other day that, oh, it's, everything's going to end at this time. I mean, supposedly today was going to be everybody was going to be in church and happy and, and the disease was going to be gone. Uh, one of our fine leaders told us. Um, but here we are. Um, and we might be into this for the long haul, folks. Might be a lot, lot, a lot of time ahead of us. And um, I don't want to live in a life of false hope. You know? Um, but hope is not... Or hope and faith have always thought are good cousins is because it's not... It's not a fact. It's not certainty. You don't hope for something that is certain. You know, you hope for something that may be. And I think that's a part of faith is that we hope and we have faith in something that may be, what is it, evidence of, what is it, faith is? Oh, the, the evidence of things not seen, the hope of things, uh, something of things hoped for. I'll look it up. Okay. We've got our local theologian on it. <laughs> Caleb, artist, theologian, producer. Um, the evidence of things not seen, right? No. Yeah, it, it, the second half is the evidence of things not seen. I'll look it up right now. All right, I'm sure that we're going to get 500 comments on that. But hope is not is not is not a, a guarantee. You know, like you don't like buy a piece of equipment and go like, yeah, can I get that? I hope the equipment doesn't break on me. Um, no, you get a guarantee. Um, here we go. Got it. I got it. It's, it's, it's very different in different translations. So, uh, New International says, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Uh, New Living is faith shows the reality of what we hope for, the evidence of things we cannot see. So the evidence of things we cannot see. And I think you kind of get a lot of the evidence of things we cannot see in, things, in, people's, in different people's philosophy and theology. Uh, uh, in the ideals of grace, of loving, of anything these ideals have made us uh, humans that are able to, to work better with other humans, have made us people who seek to forgive our enemies and to love our neighbors. Um, and there's evidence in that, and there's hope in that. Um, you know, I mean, do I hope that one day when I die that Boom. I'm, oh my gosh, there's Peter. I'm at the pearly gates. Oh my gosh. Do I know if that's going to happen? I have no idea if that's going to happen. I might just disappear. Um, but, you know, I have hope for that. But I, what I really have hope to is to live life well, to live before I die, um, to show more grace to people, to make this world a better place, to make life a better place. And, um, I love the fact that Mary and Mary were both going to the tomb with just the idea that they were going to anoint Jesus' body. They weren't going there thinking like, oh, Jesus is going to be above ground or Jesus is going to be out of the tomb. And, you know, um, I'm glad that they were going with just the acceptance that this, maybe this was it. But you know what? It was enough. His life was enough for us. 
even without resurrection. And when they got there, what they received was hope. You know, hope of a new day. Hope of a new life. But at the same time, that hope is not giving us, you know, even for those who experienced Jesus, it didn't give everybody a bunch of, of empty promises. You know, it didn't give everybody a bunch of, uh, by the way, I've washed my hands very well before this so I can touch my face. Um, you know, di- didn't, you know, even when Jesus came, he said, you know, you'll be able to do, you know, before in the resurrection, he said, you'll be able to do greater things than I've done. Saying, you know, well, what are greater things than Jesus did? And I think we look at it, if we look at the life of Paul, we see you'll be more inclusive. You'll love more. You'll be able to be there for more people. Um, be able to be able to build on a foundation that will ch- continue to re- evolve this faith for all people. Um, because basically Paul really did that. I mean, Jesus hinted to it, but then Paul was like, there's no Jew, nor Gentile, no free, nor slave, you know, no male, no female, and took it to another level. Um, that's the type of hope I have. Um, it's funny that you don't hear Jesus, you know, even people like Paul talk about the resurrection a whole lot. I mean, he does talk about hope for new bodies and things like that, but that's not the core of his message. The core of his message is loving your neighbor as yourself, being good to one another. All are included. Um, so to me, that's always been very hopeful. So what I want us to do is kind of maybe focus on that Black Saturday um, idea of living in the tension of not knowing. Um, living in the idea of Mary and Mary going and saying, you know, this is, you know, we're going to go anoint this body, but being open to something new, being open to being out, being open to life as we knew it to come back. But right now we're not there. And so I'm not here to, I just can't sell anybody a bill of goods. You know, I'm not feeling great today. I'm not feeling like, oh, it's Easter Sunday. He is risen indeed, you know, and like, yeah, you know, I just don't feel it, you know. I, I feel, I feel tired. Um, I feel saddened by the suffering. Um, I guess the hope I have is maybe the people we, are, we, we, we become after this event is new a new type of people that even government becomes a new type of government. I remember Brian McLaren wrote a bunch of books called a new kind of Christian. And then he wrote another book called a new kind of Christianity. And I think that concept of a new kind of Christianity is I hope is something that we may come out with this because I think we realize we've majored in a lot of minors as far as how we tear each other apart and go after each other. Um, When the world goes mad and, and, and people are dying and, and, and you realize, like, you know, maybe predestination, post-destination, speaking in tongues, all that stuff is just, why? You know? Um, I'd like to be in more of a live-or-let-live world, in a, in a world where we can have good arguments and good conversations. Um, maybe we're going to have more of that. I don't know. But maybe we'll also have a place where we care about each other more and have more empathy because we're all, everyone in the world is going through this time. Um, so that's what makes us so unique is that everyone is suffering. Everyone is, uh, some are experiencing more loss than others, but we're all going through this, which allows us to become a community, a, a one world community, um, 
uh, and ha- all of us to have some sort of universal empathy for one another. It doesn't matter if you're conservative or liberal or straight or gay or you know whatever. We're all you know some are suffering more than others, but we all have a sense of what we've been through and what we're going through. Um, you know, I, I was going to talk a little bit about Thomas um, and read from the read from John about Thomas because Thomas has always been someone I relate to well, but I think maybe I'll just freestyle it for a second and then we'll do your questions um, and keep this short today. Uh, what I've always liked about Thomas is that is that all the disciples, all of the people he's traveled with all come and be like, Christ is back, Jesus is risen, you know, and, and why I feel like I relate to Thomas. Um, as he goes, well, I don't, I don't believe you. You know, I mean, these guys have seen some crazy stuff together. You know, people raised from the dead, blind seen, um, Jesus talking to a woman by himself, <laughs> Jesus eating with Pharisees and eating with tax collectors. Um, but Thomas is just like, eh, I'm not going to believe it because unless I can feel the holes in his hands and put my finger in his side, I just, I, I can't believe it, you know? And I don't th- you know, he was still with his, the disciples. I, so I don't think it was something where he's like saying like, I don't believe Jesus is who he claimed to be. He's just saying, I just can't, I, I don't understand. Miracles still don't make sense to me. And to be honest with you, as someone who, who loves the Bible, loves theology and loves philosophy, but I'm also very practical and sometimes struggle with miracles, to be honest with you. Um, especially when you've seen so many people in your life that you've loved and cared about um, not receive a miracle. Um, and so maybe miracles aren't what we want them to be or think they are. Um, but I like the idea that Thomas was a very practical, just a practical human being, you know, and says, I won't believe it till I see it. And of course, now Jesus, poof, pops up and is saying, hey, let me, you know, here I am. Go ahead. Check it out. And he's like, oh. All right, well, I guess you're real. But he needed the proof. He wanted the proof, and Jesus gave it to him. And then Jesus goes on to kind of passive-aggressively say, um, <coughs> but Jesus was a little bit, I think Jesus was from Minnesota. Because um, he's a little passive-aggressive sometimes, answering questions with questions. Um, but Jesus says, you know, well, blessed are those who don't see me and believe, which I think is great. But I think for a lot of us, we just like, okay, Thomas is our saint. Thomas is our guy. You know what? Blessed are those people. Bless, bless their hearts, <laughs> as, the Southern, as we Southerners say. Um, but for us, you know, we're going to have a little bit of a hard time believing it. And so that's why I, I don't necessarily subscribe to belief. As, you know, I subscribe to maybe faith or hope. And even those I struggle with. But what I don't struggle with and what I long to show people is the love that Christ was communicating, that the love that Christ communicated before death and the words that were said after death, after resurrection, those are things that continue to keep me going, is the essence, uh, what matters. Um, all those other things we can argue about and we can think about, but we don't see and we don't know, you know, but... What's important to me, and I think First John makes it clear, is about you know how can you love a God you can't see if you can't love someone you can see, 
It's the idea of loving those we can see, loving each other. You know, why do we do revolutions? Because we love people. Why don't encourage people? You know, I was thinking the other day, like, why do why do I, why do I do my work? Why do I do revolution? Um, which I constantly want to remind myself, and, and at different times, it's been for different reasons. Um, but my hope is that people it will cause people to hunger to learn more than I can teach them. That I will make you curious to read more, to read philosophy, to read theology, uh, to read the Bible uh, critically, but also um, maybe looking at historical backgrounds of the Bible and Greek and things like that in the Bible to understand what it's saying and where it's at. You know, I hope you know. I want people to go further than where I'm at. You know, so I'm just here to say. I'm on a journey. This is where I'm at. Continue learning. Continue growing because I don't have all the answers, and that's okay. No, no pastor has all the answers. Um, no philosopher has all the answers. You know, no theologian has all the answers. Um, but we all have to work those out on our own. And so some of us are Thomases, and some of us are, you know, I don't know if any of the disciples were just like, oh, yeah, Jesus he said he was going to rise. Here he is. You know, I mean, the fact that Jesus, one of the resurrection stories, is walking down on the beach and they're all back at their job three days later kind of gives me an idea that they were all kind of not expecting that to happen. You know, but also the, the disciples weren't the sharpest bunch. So, you know, they would often hear Jesus say something and be like, oh, I don't know what he means. And he'd have to explain it. And, you know, was it literally? Was it figuratively? I don't know. Um, that's okay. So right now, none of us can even go back to work. We're just in a place of tension. And uh, it's really strange. So I guess today what I'm going to say is, is rest in Holy Saturday. Rest in Black Saturday. Um, you know, continue your process. And maybe like the Marys, we will go to care for the dead and realize that the dead are no longer there. Um, But all we can do until that time is continue to live life well and encourage one another and show faith, hope, and love. And as uh, it says in Corinthians 13, the greatest of these is love. So hopefully that's something that we can live and show. So for all of you out there, I just want to say... Good luck with that. And um, stay strong and talk to each other and do what you need to do. If that's just watching 100 Netflix shows, do it. If it's learning a new language, do it. If it's cleaning your house, great. Um, For me, I'm just trying to live and, uh, you know, read the books that I said I was always going to read, but I've figured out I'm not doing that like I thought I would. So listen, um, there's your hopeful Easter Sunday sermon. Um, we often do a little bit of a Q&A, um, or for lack of better terms, or just this is your time. You, you want to push back and be like, no, Jay, he is risen. Yes, indeed. You know, do it, man. Um, or woman. Um, or person. Um, <laughs> um, or if, you know, you got something to say or just want to say, hey, you know, this is what I find that's been really helpful to me. That would be great. Um, so while we're waiting on those, I'll just say, you know, full disclosure, today's been pretty tough for me. 
You know, I've already had to deal with some really crappy stuff this morning and uh, really tired. Honestly, I wanted to just tell everybody that because the, the Internet is actually down here at the house. I'm, uh, so we're doing this on uh, data. Um, but I just wanted to actually just type and be like, hey, no service today. Internet's down. And then just go crawl back into my hole. But I didn't. One uh, comment that we're – I'm just going to read some random comments here, Jay. Yeah. Uh, love that poster board sign, awesome <laughs> revolution sign, very creative. Just random. Where can I get one? I, these are just the people. <laughs> I don't have The people are demanding the rev- this be mass produced. It's really weird. I, I don't know. Uh, no, yeah, lots of people resonating with what you're saying. A lot of people echoing, relating with Thomas. Um that that's the only talk, or I guess implying or sermon that I could have heard this morning. Oh, that's really encouraging. That's so very nice. encouraging to hear. Yeah. Uh, thank you for the fine service. Lots of positive words. Uh, Cheryl says, "I keep a little journal in my purse when I listen to Peter Rollins' talks. I write words down, look them up, why things are the way they are, etc. I'm not the only one either. I know others who do the same." We love your face. You always challenge us in love and understanding. Thank you. And then some encouragement. You talk about being down. Uh, hang in there, Jay. You are loved. Lots of big, big red hearts <laughs> coming at you. Um, yeah, no direct. Oh, here's another one. You've been such a positive influence for my wife and I as we raise our daughter in faith with no shame of who we are. Thank you. We love this sermon. I'm so grateful you pushed past the struggle. And we're here for us this morning. Oh, thank you. And thank you for being here as well, David. Uh, yeah, just lots of... I guess you you nailed the perfect sermon, Jay. No questions. Well, thanks, everybody, for showing up. I mean, it's really nice to see, like, I can see a counter up top. And, you know, this has been a higher talk. And usually I feel all sorts of pressure. But I'm tired, too. I think we're all tired of this. And uh want to... I just want to move on and live life well. So I have a good uh, Black Saturday verse I can read. Oh yeah, here's yeah. a Black Saturday surf surf <laughs> verse from Caleb. Psalm 13. Oh Lord, how long will you forget me forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, oh Lord my God. Thanks, Caleb. I think we're going to end it there. Hey everybody. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Um, Happy Easter. Hang in there. We'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. If you enjoyed this show, you might also like Loosen the Bible Belt with Kristen Becker and myself, Jay Baker. I didn't watch the Super Bowl, but I saw clips of Joe Lo, and she's 50, and then I realized... Uh, Wait, hold on, Dad. It's J-Lo. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Joe, sorry. <laughs> That was a post-Christian podcast.